Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is the Degenerate Podcast on the Times Yours Podcast Network. I'm Spike Eskin with the official handicapper of SpikeEskin.com, the Times Yours Network, and all of Delaware County. Fan of source. How are you, sir? I am good. How are you? Well, I have some bad news. What's that? Some terrible news. You ready? Uh-huh. You, you ready to hear the bad news? Hold on. That's for the Fanasaurus three-team teaser winning streak. Which bit the dust last week. In fairness to you, it was only given three and a half bazaars. I could, te- <laughs> I could tell you weren't particularly confident in it. Um, yeah, it's, it was tough week. I was, pouring, uh, I was pouring one out for the teaser streak. Uh, yeah. It was ugly. <laughs> By halftime of that Eagles game, we had the over. Um, yeah. Three nothing at halftime. I knew it was a done deal. So. Nobody saw the Eagles game being. I mean, nobody. I mean, let's put it this way: you had the the over in the teaser number, which was forty six, right? But everybody was betting the regular over, which was fifty six. There's no way anyone could have seen twenty. I mean, that on both sides. I mean, the certainly the Eagles only scoring three points, but I don't think that anyone saw the Cowboys only scoring seventeen. So um, yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was one of those games where it just doesn't. Doesn't break your way, you know. We won, you know. We hit the other two. Yeah. So you know. That's Meat the Loaf challenge. Says, you know, yeah. Meatloaf says two out of three ain't bad. But <laughs> that, that's a, that's a loser when you bet a teaser. So. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, but you can't win them all. And so 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 far, uh, two out of three on three team teasers. But that does mean that you're eight out of nine on the uh, on the picks on the teaser. So you've only missed one so far. So yeah. Uh, so I th- I think you're doing well. Um, before we get into uh, this week's three-team teaser, which we give you every week on the uh, Degenerate Podcast, um, some uh, we we got back to one of the trends you had talked about last week, which was the uh, the line not coming into play. Yeah, we talked a few times. I think uh, earlier in one of the uh, earlier uh, podcasts, we talked about how the point spread doesn't really factor into any of the games, or or usually doesn't uh, factor in, which means that. You know, the favorite will win the game and cover, or the underdog will win the game straight up, and the point spread never comes into play. So um, we saw that trend prior to this season was hitting at about 85%, and uh, and last week it continued to be pretty strong where there was, I think, 15 games, uh, and only one of them actually had the point spread factor in. That was the Texans getting points, losing by one to Kansas City. So they covered but lost, but every other game was either favorite wins straight up in covers or underdog wins straight up and doesn't need the points. So, so again, like we say every time, that's a great trend, but <laughs> the hard part is figuring out which of the underdogs are going to win straight up, you know. Yeah. But it does, it, I mean, it leans into one, one kind of gambling aspect that people, people do, which is if you're going to bet the underdog – you might as well also bet some on the money line, which is, you know, you take the points uh, and then you put a little bit of money on the team straight up. So, you know, if they win as the underdog straight up, you'll win some more money. So um, that's a lot of people do that as sort of a, you know, as a, as a secondary bet when they're playing the underdogs because it does come into play uh, a lot. You know, it, it's funny. I wonder what the math is. If you were to just go and pick 
You know, if you just pick the winner of the game, you know, there are plenty of pools, and we have a couple of uh, at work on our, you know, uh, not not like gambling pools, but pools where you just pick the winner. If you were to just pick the winners of all games, and I think at this point I've won, uh, I'm, I'm something like 75 and 40 or something like that. If you were to just pick the winners of every game and bet every single game, um, if the point spread doesn't come into play, in but 15% of the games, uh, what percentage? I mean, you'd have to come close to a 55, 56, 57% winning percentage, I would imagine, right? I mean, I, I don't know. This is just off the top of my head, but I would imagine if you can just pick the winners in the games and bet all of them with the spread and you were to consistently bet every game every week, you would probably come up on top, wouldn't you? Yeah, so basically I'm looking at I have a database here that I can query. So uh, in 2013, if you're saying the straight-up result of the game is a win, um, and just check the against the spread line. So if you – I mean, that comes out to be – that's the same percentage as we just talked about, which is 85%. Um, so you, if, if you had – you're saying just favorites or – No, I'm saying if you were to pick every game, if you just, just go with who you think the winner is, and, but yeah. pick every game with the spread. If 85% of those games come in in that the winner um, ends up covering the spread, you know, whether it's the underdog uh, just winning straight up or the favorite covering, if 85% of those of the winners are basically spread winners as well, if you can pick that at 60, even 65%, winners at 65% without the spread, then 65% of that 85% has to be a winning bet, right? I mean, do you understand uh, what I'm saying? Yeah, I do, I do. Probably, I mean, the downside of, of betting, you know, straight up is when those favorites do lose. So you lose much more than just a straight, you know, one, you know, what they say, they call it units. So right. you, know, you bet a unit to win a unit, and, you know, that's whether it's $100 or 1000 or 10 bucks, whatever your, your bet is. Um, but say you bet a team like, you know, this week, you know, a big favorite <clears throat> might be uh, minus 500 on the money line. So you're risking 50 to win 10, and say a, a big underdog wins and covers, you're going to lose, you know, that's a that's four times your bet you're losing or five times your bet. So you have to win five more games just to catch up to that. Um, no, but, but I'm, not, I'm not saying bet it straight up. I'm saying bet it with the spread. I'm, oh, I'm saying bet it with the spread, but pick the games as if you were just picking the winners. Oh, yeah, yeah. Basically what I'm saying. So yeah. you're picking it with the spread, but you're just pick, you're just basically taking your winner's picks, but doing them with the spread. Um, I would imagine that that comes out as a, a winning number. I, I don't know. I, all you have to do is, is be able to pick you know, 65% of just people who will win the game and then bet it with the spread. And you're basically, yeah. you're, all you're losing, so you're, even if you pick it 60, and you're losing the VIG on whatever it is, so that's what, 10%? Um, so whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, really, the the breaking even the break even point for um, for wagers is fifty two point three percent. So okay. if you're winning more than fifty two point three in a normal uh, bet with juice, you're going to come out you know with a profit. So sixty percent is definitely a winning percentage. I think you might be right though if you if you go in and you bet you know just the teams you think are going to win, take them with the points. Um, you know, then that that could be a, a, a long term uh, winner for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's those it's those um, you know it's 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 those those tight spreads that get you where you say oh well I'm gonna do I take the one point the two points do I lay the one or two those are you know the spread doesn't really factor into those games probably not much at all um, so they're the hard ones because you got to pick the winner there right. so 
Uh, when you're getting seven, I mean, you might lose, but only lose by three or four, and you'll cover, but not win, that kind of thing. But I, I don't, I haven't done the math on you know, the very small spreads, you know, under three points. How, how often that spread comes into play in those games? Probably, probably not as much. Um, it, you know, the, the group is small to begin with, and then it's probably much smaller uh, points to come into play for those small uh, low lines. Um, do you want to jump into the teaser? Or did you want to go over a couple? Or are they going to? Are your other stats going to come into play while we discuss the teaser? Or did you want to jump on the your, your other ones now? Yeah, let's um, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Okay, and we'll uh, we'll get started. So, All right. Um, yeah, so we're going to do you know just to recap what we're doing. We're doing a three team teaser, and in a three team teaser, you get ten points uh, in your favor. So if a team is favored by ten points, uh, you get ten points to use in your favor, which takes you know, 10 points off the line, and therefore your team is a pick. Or if your team is laying five points, uh, you're you're going to get five points in your favor, and then all of a sudden you're getting five points. So where we're picking, uh, making these picks, and that's where the numbers that we'll talk about are coming from. So, um, so Spike, I'll give you a, a, a quick uh, game one question. All right, here we go. Right, we need some, like, uh, some yeah. music. <laughs> Jeopardy music. Yeah. I'll have it ready for next week. I'll have it ready. All right, so uh, all right, so game one. So this team, which I think has sort of been under the radar this year, um, the team that we're using in this first uh, part of the teaser, they're number five in scoring defense, and they're allowing 17 points a game. And they're number six in scoring offense. They're scoring 27 points a game. And they have not lost a game this year uh, in, against the spread when you factor in the 10-point uh, teaser swing. Um, think about a team that might be under the radar – uh, number five scoring defense, number six scoring offense, uh, and hasn't lost a game against the spread when you factor in the 10-point teaser. I am going to uh, – my first instinct was wrong. I thought about it. My first instinct is wrong. So I, I actually am relatively certain that it would be uh, the Saints. You are correct. There we go. All right. Yeah, so I looked at that, and, and what got me, you know, surprised me was the defensive rankings. Which, you know, are they, you know, are they that good? I mean, they're they're only giving up 17, you know, points a game, and and they're playing pretty strong. Their offense obviously is is good or very good. I mean, they have some injuries they're dealing with, but um, take away that uh, that game two weeks ago where they played the Patriots and they had that kind of meltdown in the final couple of minutes, um, they could be sitting at you know undefeated right now. Right. Um, with that, it's the only loss they had this season. Um, so, looking at uh, some stats here, uh, this week in in the NFL, we have a lot of big favorites. We have four uh, four teams that are favored by um, ten points or more, and the Packers are pretty close. They're at nine. They were at, they opened at ten, ten and a half, and then they've been bet down to nine and a half or nine right now. So they may end up being ten points as well, ten point favorites, and that's that's a that's a lot of uh, teams in one week, so um, so the Saints are one of those, and they're the spread that we're looking at here is um, the Saints minus uh, eleven and a half, and so we're going to bring that down to Saints minus one and a half um, for this bet. And they're playing Buffalo. Um, and the reason I like this game is is uh, you know a couple factors. One is <clears throat> the Saints. Um, you know the Saints this year they're. They're they're number six, um, you know. Like I said, in offense, number four in the pass, uh, and I think that I think that's going to be enough to to get us a win. It's a home game. Um, 
you know, they are dealing with injuries. Like I said, their best, I think their best receiver, Jimmy Graham, he's, he's questionable right now. Yeah. Last night I saw he's not playing. This morning I saw he might play. So who knows if he's playing or not. But, but that line, you know, is telling me that, you know, they're without, you know, even without knowing if he's going to play, they're giving him 11.5 points, 11.5-point uh, favorites. And I think that people are, you know, Vegas obviously is confident they can overcome that if, if he's not playing. Um, and if you look at a, just a general um, stat, home teams that are 10-point favorites or higher uh, since the beginning of last season when you factor in the 10-point the teaser swing, they're 31-3-1 and one against the spread. So they're hitting at 91%. Uh, which is, you know, they're 10-point favorites. They're at home. Those teams should win, and by winning, usually they'll cover uh, a line after you drop 10 points off of it. Uh, and just this year alone, that that is 8-1-1. Uh, one, and one. Uh, The one loser is when San Francisco lost straight up at home to the Colts, and the, the push is uh, that Denver game a couple weeks ago where they were laying 26, ended up winning by 16, so that ended up being a push. Um, and since 2002, home teams, 10-point favorites, they're 32-2-1 straight up. So they win the games. And, you know, we're laying one-and-a-half with Buffalo, and so, you know, one, one-and-a-half, two points. You're just looking for a win there. I mean, there's a small window where you might might win and lose, but I don't, you know, they're going to win. They're going to win by more than more than two, I would think. Um, and then there's a, one of the, the crazy trends that people like to throw out. Um, I dug one up, which says, since 2005 – Home favorites coming off a bye week, which is what the Saints are doing. They mm-hmm. were on the bye last week, playing a team that played a divisional road game the prior week. That's in in the teaser scenarios with ten point swing. That's seven and zero against the spread, and the average margin of victory in those games is uh, is fifteen points. So you're looking at a team in in Buffalo that had a had a road game on the a divisional game on the road last week at Miami. Uh, it was tough. They they won, but it was uh, it was a tight game. They won by two, um, I think two, maybe one. Um, but now they're coming back on the road playing, you know, a Saints team that is coming off the bye week. Not only coming off the bye week, but coming off of a loss, that ugly loss to the Patriots. I think this is where I look at a team like the Saints to bounce back, uh, put up the points against. You know, Buffalo is a decent defense. You know, their Football Outsiders has them number six in defensive efficiency. But, they're, but the counter to that is they're surrendering almost 400 yards a game. They're 24th in the league in yards per game, and they're 22nd in the league in, in points per game given up. So they're giving up 25 points. They're letting, uh, you know, letting up 380 yards of offense per game. Um, so that's, you know, I don't know which of those stats you would go with. Would you say, okay, well, Buffalo is a good, a good defensive team or not? I mean, Cleveland put up uh, you know, 30 points on them. So I don't know. I, I kind of think that this is a scenario where you know you have the Saints at home, off of a bye week, off of a loss. Buffalo coming in off of a tough division road game the prior week. Um, I, I think this is a scenario where the Saints will win uh, and and cover that one and a half uh, points that we'll need them to win by. Yeah, I, I think visually when I watch the the Bills defense, they look like a good defense to me. But the problem is is that. Their quarterback situation is a, a disaster. Like, there's just, there's no way. This is, you know, sometimes you just look at 
visually, just look at this. Is there, if I were to, it basically comes down to, if I were to ask you, is there any way the Bills go into New Orleans and win that game, which is essentially what you're betting with one and a half, I would say no. There's no way that that happens. You know what I mean? Like the, especially with the Saints coming off a bye. Um, so yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, and, and yeah, Buffalo, they are, you know, I don't know, they're one of those teams I look at and say, all right, well, you know, they have some uh, fantasy football-wise, you know, they have the running backs. Yeah, Fred Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, so that's that's their that's their main you know their main weapon, um, and you're right, their quarterback situation is uh, is not good. So so yeah, we're gonna go with uh, first game here on the teaser. We're going with the Saints uh, minus one and a half uh, hosting Buffalo. All right, game two. Game two. Okay, game two. All right, so here's one for you, quick and easy. So this team that we're picking in game two in all road games since 2008 is 42 and six against the spread when you factor in the 10-point teaser swing. So they're hitting 88% uh, against the spread in any road game, whether that's road favorite, road dog, division game, just all, all road games, playoffs included, that they've had since 2008. I am going to go ahead and guess that that is the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is incorrect. Ah, uh, Can I make a second guess? You sure can. Um, all road games since 2008. Covered the spread. I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and say the Falcons. Also incorrect. Ah, all right. So I'm done guessing. Who is it? I will, I will give you uh, the answer, and the answer is the Green Bay Packers. Oh, that's it. You know what? The only reason I didn't go Packers is because there was a similar uh, – there was a, a Packers stat last week, so I figured it wouldn't be a Packers stat again. But uh, but <laughs> So Packers on the road against the awful uh, Vikings coming off oh. a, on a short week, by the way. Yes. Yeah. I uh, when looking at the Packers, I always try to I have to find new ways to to to, uh, to hide them in the in the question and answer here because I use them a lot. So this is the third time we're using them this year. But they're you know they're strong. Their numbers their numbers show that they you know they're a strong team. They cover when we factor in this ten point swing and and they're just they're just a good team. I like the Packers. I like their offense. Um, you know. So we said that uh, that original the original stat was you know forty two and six against the spread on the road in all road games um, when you factor in the 10-point teaser swing since 2008. So so that's a pretty strong stat in their favor. Uh, another one uh, that, that is also in their favor is the uh, same time frame since 2008 in all division games uh, when you factor in the 10-point teaser spring teaser swing they're 30 and three in division games that's there's that's hitting at 91 percent that's that's pretty strong for you know to win that many or to you know to have that percentage against division teams you know they're that just shows how how much they've dominated that nfc north um the past couple of years uh and especially how you know weak the rest of that division was you know usually they cycle through a good team the bears were good for a while the lions had a little bit of a resurgence the vikings sort of hung around but none of them really could stay with the Packers for, you know, for a long period. Um, and if you look at that same stat, um, since 2011, so that's, that's going on two and a half years. They're 14 and 0 against the spread when you factor in the 10 point teaser swing. So they're, they're getting it done. Like division opponents, um, that, that stat was versus division opponents. So when they play division opponents, um, that's, that's where they, uh, that's where they get it done. Um, and the the Vikings are horrible. They are just they're horrible. Yeah, I mean the stats. They're, they're, it's, it, you know, there's not really a trend that says all oh, the Vikings in certain situations, but just the way that they looked on Monday night. And they're now horrible. They're, they're just they don't. You know, right now they're in such disarray, especially at quarterback. You know, oh. They bring in Josh Freeman. They're like, oh well, maybe he's the guy. He looked so bad 
on Monday night. And now they're saying he has a concussion. I don't know if that's, you know. Well, and they had him throw 53 times, and now they're going back to, uh, to what's his name? Um, and, and what, Ponder, yeah. Right, they're going to go back to Ponder. Uh, Castle, Castle went from starting one week to not even dressing the next week. It's yeah. just, uh, what a disaster. So another, so for Minnesota, you know, a stat you can look at, that's, that would be teams playing as home dogs off of a Monday night loss are 3-20 and 20 straight up. So oh, wow. So, so that means, like, okay, you're, you played Monday night and you lost, and now you're coming back home and you're an underdog again. That just means, you know, you're a bad team. You know, you're getting, you know, your, your home dogs, you know, normally um, signify that not a strong team or they're playing a very strong opponent. But, you know, off of a loss as a home dog, there's been 23 situations and it's 3-20 and 20 straight up, which is really all we need because the way that the line factors in, um, I'm working off of a line of 9.5, so factor in the 10 points, and I'm getting the Packers plus half of a point. So, in effect, I'm getting a pick um, You know, uh, if by some stretch it, it's a tie, hey, we're going to win. But, um, but we're just looking for the Packers to win. Um, you know, the one thing that, that you could say is, oh, well, they have, you know, the quarterback's a mess, but they have Adrian Peterson. And that's fine. And he's a great running back, and I'm not going to argue that. But, but the Packers, um, surprisingly, they're – in their DVOA at Football Outsiders, they're they're the, the number three rush defense. So if they can neutralize Adrian Peterson, um, I don't know. That's just that seems like that's all you need to do right now. Um, you can let Christian Ponder maybe come in and try and you know first he has to get his confidence back because he just got benched and now he's playing again um, and see if he can actually you know score on those guys now now you know minnesota's one and five this year so they're they're sort of in a free fall and you know they took they took a shot with freeman um he looked bad monday night they the stat i saw was he had um 16 overthrows wow. which which is the highest uh, most in, in in a game since 2006 wow that's not really that's not really uh something to, to give you give you confidence so maybe i thought he was out uh i mean i thought he was in when i initially um pick this game, but it doesn't change anything for me that Ponder's in. Um, you know, the line actually has gone down a little bit, but, you know, it went from 10.5 and, and then it was 9, 9.5 yesterday, and then after they announced Ponder starting, it went to 9 in some places, but it'll still settle around 9, 9.5. Um, so the the issue with the Packers, though, that were, you know, might be a concern is the injuries. They're, they, you know, Randall Cobb out. Uh, Jermichael Finley out, so they're yep. two, two. And Finley's, you know, probably one of their best. You know, besides Jordy Nelson, he's probably the top one of the top targets of uh, of of Aaron Rodgers. And then James Jones is doubtful. So there's three receivers that right there that they're going to be missing. Um, so even with that, even with all those banged up receivers, even you know being on the road in all those situations. Um, the lines makers still put the Packers as, you know, around a 10-point favorite. So that just tells you that they have no confidence in Minnesota at all. Um, you know, so, so basically it comes down to saying, all right, the Vikings offense is a mess. The Packers are playing well. And even though, you know, it's a divisional road game, they've seemed to do well in those. Um, the Packers are banged up. But I think that they'll just keep their um, NFC North uh, domination going. Um, one, one stat that I should – I should throw out there, which comes into play in a couple of games this week, is uh, since 2008, all uh, divisional games with a road favorite of seven or more points uh, is 17-1 and with two pushes against oh, wow. with the um, with the 10-point teaser swing. So, so if you're a division, if you're playing a division game and you're favored by a lot, that just means you know you're much better. 
You're much better because yeah. they factor that in. I mean, it comes the, the the being on the road factors into the point spread. Uh, you know, being a divisional game, they'll factor that in as well because there's a little more intensity. And and if you're still laying seven after that, after all those things get put out there, then you know you really have you really have some uh, major advantages against the team you're playing. So so yeah. So the second team um, in this would be the Packers plus half a point um, at Minnesota. So. Uh, uh, you, I'm not sure. If, do you agree? Do you think uh, the Packers can they do this with uh, such a short offense? Yeah, yeah, offense? yeah, yeah. The Vikings are terrible. I I don't know how they lose that game. I mean, I they, there's still Aaron Rodgers throwing the football, and that that's really the difference between a quarterback like him um, and the the level below it is that you know it, for a guy like him, he is the weapon. You know what I mean? Like he makes guys better than they are. So I you know they they might not score 35 points. Um, but you even get the bonus half point because that means uh, if they tie, you win as well. So wouldn't that be an amazing, <laughs> that'd be an amazing moment? So yeah, I'm with you on that one. Sunday night tie game. Yeah, I'm sure the uh, NFL is probably lick, uh, probably loving these uh, matchups they're getting on Monday night. Was the uh, Vikings uh, well, Giants? I'll I mean, tell you, man. This is what happens when they they call it parody, but really what it is is just bad. There's just so many like the teams aren't good. There aren't that many good teams, and the teams that are that good, like look at the teams that are uh, with the the Chiefs being seven and zero with as as anemic an offense as they have, and the Broncos um, being six and like I don't even particularly like I wouldn't put the Broncos up against um, the dynasty teams of the eighties and nineties as like a great 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 team. I don't I honestly don't think any of these teams are good. I still. I, I'm still a 49ers believer. I, I, I like. I think they're going to figure out enough, enough ways between the 49ers and the Seahawks. The the thing that that bothers me about the Seahawks is that they they fall behind a lot, and I don't. I it makes me nervous that they have to have all those comebacks to win. But I I just think there aren't that many good teams, and that's why you wind up with so many bad primetime matchups because they had a, they have to come up with these before the season, and when. Seventy-five percent of the league is shit. It's tough to guess which which games are going to be good, you yeah. know. So yes, I mean, and Thursday we have uh, the Thursday night game this week is Panthers Bucks. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, the, the Panthers have a decent defense, and you know Cam Newton's kind of a, you know, he's a hot player. People like to watch, but the Bucks are just. I mean, Mike Glennon, Doug Martin's out. It's like you know what what and Shiano's just not a disaster. I mean, yeah. Like, and they're the national game that's going to be shown. So it's like, you know, I mean, when you have to put every team or try to put every team on a national game during the season, this is kind of what you get. You get these matchups that just are forced. And, oh, it's a division game. It's a Thursday night. So well, maybe they'll, you know, but, yeah, it's going to be just going to be ugly. And when you looked at it before the season, you would have thought Tampa Bay had a shot to be good. And you would have thought Carolina had a chance to be better than, you know, the, the mediocre team that they are. So anyway, third game. Third game. Okay. All right, so if I told you that there's a team that has covered 15 straight games when you factor in the 10-point teaser swing, right? That's pretty impressive. Wow, yeah. Okay, well, what if, how about if I said 20 straight games? Wow, that's very impressive. So what if I said 30? Are you serious? Hold your hat, because the team I'm picking this week yeah. has covered 34 straight games when you factor in the ten point teaser swing. Wow, um, I, I like I don't have any idea. Like, because uh, all right, so this team has got to be it has to have been at least a, a decent team for the last two seasons, a good team. Um, this team, wait, you're saying the last how many games? Thirty. Uh, I'm saying thirty four games. Wow, thirty four games. So three seasons. So 
to me, that takes out. I, well, it, I know it's not the Broncos. Um, I think it's not. Uh, boy, oh boy. Uh, I don't have any idea. It's. It, I don't know who is it. I'm. I don't even. I can't even hazard a guess. This is the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks. Damn it! That was. Uh, You'll never believe that that was going to be my my last gasp guess if I didn't yes. guess at all. How about that? So the Seahawks giving up ten and a half on the road at uh, St. Louis, who is going to be without their bad quarterback anyway. Um, but so yeah, so yeah, I mean uh, Seattle, yeah, thirty four uh, games in a row. I think that goes back to week twelve of two thousand eleven was the last time that they, uh, or week eleven was the last time that they lost a game factoring in that ten point spread. So. Um, and they're 25 and 0, obviously, since the beginning of last year. So, I mean, this trend just and this counts playoffs and and things like that. So, so like we've said before, like the stat we talked about prior was, you know, Russell Wilson. I don't know what the number is now, but it's 30 plus games or so in his professional career where he has not lost by more than seven. So that kind of factors into this as well, where you know they're they're winning or they're losing close. And when you're factoring in a 10 point swing on the on the point spread. Um, you know, you're going to win those games because you're getting 10 points in your favor and, and it should work out in the end that you're going to cover those. Now, that, that stat was – I had to run it a couple times because I really didn't believe it the first time I saw it. I said, wait, what am I missing here? And I went back and, yeah, sure enough, 34 games in a row uh, they've covered when you factor in the 10-point the swing. So, all right, so I have a question for you on this game. Ready? Yeah. Who is the leading rusher for the St. Louis Rams? Oh boy, I don't even know this year. Um because didn't they who did they sign? They signed um because Steven Jackson's gone, so they signed I don't even remember. Who is it? They signed uh Did I lose you? No, I'm here. Oh okay. They signed I'm sorry, you went out. Richardson? Daryl Richardson, is that the name? Oh god, I don't even know who uh, that is. <laughs> he's not even the leading rusher. The leading rusher is a rookie um Zach Stacy. Oh boy! He has, uh, he has a whole uh, a whole lot of 214 yards. Oh my God! In seven games, <laughs> he has played in five games. So okay. He he's so he's getting about 40 or about about 40 or what uh, about 50 45 yards a game. So wow, um, 42 and a half yards a game. So yeah, so so basically, you look at this team, St. Louis, right? Um, Sam Bradford's done. He's out. You know, he's yep. he may not even play for them again. Kellen Clemens is the quarterback, and they had so much confidence in Kellen Clemens as a quarterback that they called Brett Favre this week, or that's what Adam Schefter yeah. tweeted out this morning, that they actually reached out to Brett Favre and said, hey, do you want to play quarterback for us? So, I mean, Kellen Clemens is coming in as, as, your, as your new starter, and the question you've got to think is, okay, how, how, are, how are the Rams going to score any points this week? Like, how are they going to muster up enough offense to get anything anything on the board. I mean, they're getting, they're, they're rushing, they're averaging 70 uh, yards rushing a game, right? And they got a lot of those against Jacksonville, which skews a lot of people's stats. Um, and guess how many rushing touchdowns they have this year? Uh, two? Uh, zero. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> so they have zero rushing touchdowns. They, they're, they're 31st in rushing offense. And on the other hand, Seattle has given up uh, 96 yards total in the last two games. So, I, I mean, you know, St. Louis played Carolina last week, and Carolina has a good rush defense. They're number four, right? St. Louis, or Seattle is number six. 
So Carolina's number four in rush defense, and the Rams only managed to get 63 yards last week. Um, so I'm looking at this like if Seattle shows up and just plays the game that they always play, you know, with a good defense and just let Marshawn Lynch just run over the Rams like he usually does. He has, I think, three straight games of 100 yards plus. Um, they should win this game. Uh, they should win this game easily. Uh, the line is Seattle uh, is minus 10 and a half. So, so what I'm getting on this is Seattle minus a half point at St. Louis. So, so it's the Monday night game again. Another marquee matchup on Monday night. You get to see Seattle. Uh, beat down on the Rams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Seattle just they just have that defense that makes me think that they can win any game. They can hang with any team, um, you know, especially a team that's that's lacking uh, in offense like the Rams are. Um, I just – I don't know. I mean, the Seahawks are, you know, like we said, 34-0 against the spread with the teaser swing and number two in overall team efficiency. So, they're – I mean, they're – one of the best teams, like you said, they're a team, a shortlist team for the for the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I, I I'm with you on that one. Um, so the recap of the teaser would be: you are going uh, the Seahawks on the road minus a half at the Rams. Mm-hmm. Um, you are going Saints uh, minus one and a half at home uh, against the Bills, mm-hmm. um, and you are going Packers plus a half on the road at the Vikings. All right. Now, how many bazaars are we giving this three-team teaser? Now, bazaar, of course, uh, a Delco uh, landmark, uh, a legend. Uh, a Fantasource will score his three-team teaser on a scale of one to five um, bazaars, with five bazaars being uh, market down, lock of the century, um, pretty strong. So how are you? Last week was a three and a half. How would you rate this three-team teaser? Well, this week I looked at, at the games and um – you know, I'm looking at Seattle as you know they're 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 the strongest play. I think that they just they're just going to win, right? And winning the game is enough to cover uh, that half point. And then I think New Orleans at home is also a strong play. Um, and and I think Green Bay. I mean, even though it's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I know it's a road game in the division. Well, Seattle's also a road game in the division, but uh, Green Bay road game in the division. I still think that they have you know, way more talent than, than the Vikings and should be able to win that game as well. So I'm going to give this uh, this teaser, the Week 8 teaser, I'm going to give it four bazaars, four out of five. Wow, that's strong. That's pretty strong. Um, I, you know, I, I laid off of the, the totals this week. I, I saw one I liked. I kind of thought that, uh, you know, taking Kansas City and Cleveland and moving it up to 49 and a half would be a decent wager. But, you know, it made me a little nervous. I I mean, I'm pretty sure that that the Browns won't be able to score anything this week against KC, but I'm wondering if if KC can throw up enough points. You know, if they put up 34, that might blow the the under. I don't know how they would do it, but... I think uh, Jason Campbell is starting for the Browns this week instead of Brandon Whedon, too. Yes, he Uh, he is. That that is one of the reasons why I kind of, like, not laid off, but I said, you know what, I don't know what... Good, yeah, but he's better than Whedon, so yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. So, so I took, I, I laid off of the uh, the totals this week, but I did see these three, um, these three large favorites, you know, taking the spread down to almost to pick them on all three of them, and just looking for the better team to win. So, so yeah, I say four out of five, and uh, and if things go well, and we're sitting on Monday night with uh, you know needing just the Seahawks to win. Um, you I'd could hypothetically uh, hedge your bet and take the Rams straight up and then sit back and... Count bet. your money. 
Yeah, exactly, one way or the other. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, four out of five, and uh, and we'll see. If we can get back on the winning track this week. Um, I, I wanted to just for a few minutes. I, I uh, there were a bunch of odds that came out this week. Uh, Bavada from um, NBA awards and uh, NBA league leader awards. Uh, the first one being the MVP. Of course, LeBron is the favorite at three to two. Um, I think it might be one of those years where even if LeBron is actually the MVP, which he is every year, um, that they decide to give it to somebody else. So um, I thought it was worth looking at in terms of value. It's funny when people mention value. Um, very clearly, when you think about value, um, basically, I like to think about it as um, out of 100 times, how many times is this likely to happen? And do the odds give me a better than that chance? So basically, like if I think something could happen 10 out of 100 times, but the odds are 20 to 1, that's good value. Because that's basically the odds saying, well, it only happened 5 out of 100 times. Uh, but if you only think it'll happen 10 out of 100 times and the odds are 10 to 1, well, that's not good value. That's average value. That's, you know, that's, that's basically average value. So yeah. when I look at, just because people say value all the time, I think without actually knowing it, like the Eagles at 50 to 1 are not good value to win the Super Bowl because I think you could play the season a hundred times and they would not win the Super Bowl twice. You know what I mean? So it's not good value. Um, so I look at, um, I think Duran is right, is, is right about, um, right at four to one. Um, you know, I, I think him not having Westbrook for a month and a half will help. Um, but basically the guys that I, I look at as far as like, you know, could this happen? There's two guys is Harden at 20 to one and Steph Curry at 33 to one. Um, uh, and I think uh, Paul George at thirty three to one is an interesting pick too. Um, I think the only thing that hurts the Steph Curry thing is his ability to stay healthy. And if he misses twenty games, and that's why I wouldn't look at Chris Paul because I think Chris Paul could be a candidate, but I think he'll play sixty five games, and I think it's tough to win the MVP if you if you don't play seventy five games. But I don't know. I look at Harden and how good that team's going to be, and how much he did for that team last year, and if they could be a fifty five win team. Um, and Curry at thirty-three to one. Do I think he could win the MVP more than three times out of a hundred? Um, I do. Uh, so those are the two that I looked at that seem like and, good value to me. Yeah, I, I I agree with you with LeBron. I mean, he's obviously the best player every year, and and would win it if if they just voted for the best player or the MVP straight up. I mean, Jordan had that problem where they just got sick of giving it to him. So, yep. so they just started giving it to other people. So, I mean, this is probably where LeBron is. Like, yeah, you're the best, but let's let other people play along too. Um, I, I thought one sort of, I don't know, like a David Stern type of play. You know, Tim Duncan's 50-1, to one, right? Yeah. He's on his way out. I mean, this could be his last year. If he can muster together a season that's good and San Antonio's winning – and he somehow says, "Hey guys, this is my last ride somewhere in like March." The, the you know the the press loves him, Stern loves him. I mean, could he could he sneak in with a going away present MVP? I mean, they would have to win obviously and, and be successful, and and he would have to be healthy. Um, I, but that's sort of if you want to think of a, the NBA as a huge conspiracy theory waiting to happen, that could be that could be one. Yeah, I think the problem with him that um, that Zach Lowe has brought up before is that first of all, he will they'll sit him out of games, um, which I don't think helps him. But I think the other thing that doesn't help him is that his minutes are so low. Like yeah. his his minutes could be under thirty a game, and I you know it's hard to when you look over the course of a season. Um, you know, think of the extra minutes uh, James Durant, Rose, um, yeah. 
Paul will play. Even Paul, I, I would imagine, even if Paul misses ten more games, when you add it up, he may even play more minutes than um, than Duncan. But that is a good. I like the conspiracy theory angle. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Iguodala's on the list at once. I mean, he's yeah. obviously not going to be there, but one hundred and fifty to one. It's good to see a yeah. A familiar name on there. I was looking down. I didn't see. Uh, I didn't see Evan Turner. Yeah. Um, uh, rookie of the year, I, the only, Oladipo is the favorite, and I think he'll rack up stats because that team is bad and he'll have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, Kelly Olenek has gotten a lot of preseason pub. Um, yeah. him being in Boston, that team being bad, eight to one, um, I think is probably right about on, but if you think he's got a shot, I think it's good. Um, I think it's good value if, if, if you think he's capable um, I think eight to one is a uh, is a solid play. Actually, yeah, I mean, yeah rookie of the year is tough because you don't know how these guys are going to. Obviously, you don't know how they're going to fit in. You don't know health and how they're going to break down. Maybe at the end of the year, or which teams will actually give them opportunities to play and and get their name out there. Like I don't know if, if Michael Carter Williams is going to. I mean, he's going to be a starter on a horrible team. I mean, the, I don't think you can win rookie. Well, maybe you can. Most. Well, you know, can you win rookie of the year on a team that's got, you know, 15 wins? Yeah, I think you can, but I think you need to be able to just pad numbers, and I just don't think yeah. he's a good enough scorer to pad numbers. That's the yeah. problem. He'd need to yeah. score 18 points a game or something, and I just don't think he's capable. Yeah. I liked, um, you know, when we were t- when the draft came, um, I, I, you know, I kind of watched all these guys and just try to figure out who the Sixers would draft when they were when they were up there and, and I watched uh, a lot of Alex Len videos um, from Maryland and people were like oh they're going to take Alex Len I'm like who is Alex Len so I watched a lot of his uh, his his stuff he's not bad he's a tall guy he's got you know he's like seven foot and um, I don't know I, I, he's one of the few guys at the bottom of the list that I've actually seen play just just in clips. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen most of these other guys play as you know in college, just watching games, Oladipo and Zeller and and Macklemore and those guys. So um, I don't know. Rookie of the year is tough, and you know, last year what was last year was um what's it, his name Anthony Davis, right? No, no, no. It was uh, the kid in uh, Portland, uh, the point guard. Um, his name is escaping. Anthony Davis was hurt too much. It was. Um, oh, he was number one. Pick. Uh, Lillard, Dame Lillard. Yeah, was, Dame Lillard. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, he sort of you know came out of came out of nowhere. Yeah. I, don't know, I think twenty thirteen for twenty thirteen season rookie of the year is up in the air, but twenty fourteen fifteen rookie of the year it's going to be one of our eight lottery picks. Yeah. <laughs> Sixers are going to have a best field or yeah. everybody else. I would love to get the futures bet on the Sixers having the 2014-2015 Rookie of the Year. Yeah, um, they're going to have like top three will be, uh, be on there. And I, you know, do you want to move down to one of the other ones? Yeah, like I only like I only had one more. I don't know if you had one, but for rebounder of the year, uh, the the favorite is Dwight Howard at even, and then Kevin Love's at three to two. But yeah. um, Anderson Verajao at sixteen to one, and Joe Kim Noah at twenty five to one. Verajao's problem. Verajao was leading last year until he got hurt. Um, if he can, he never stays healthy. But if he could, I think he'd win it. And Joe Kim Noah at twenty five to one, I think is um, yeah. is is really strong actually. So two, yeah, two um, two names that kind of make me make me uh, you know make me cry a little bit. Number three, Nikola Vucevic. Yeah, nineteen to two. My man. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess he turned into a, a, a rebounder, you know, and that's that's fine. Um, but you know, we obviously the Sixers let him go, and and he somehow turned into a machine down there in Orlando. And then our old buddy Bynum at thirty-five to one. That's, yeah. that's 
very, very optimistic about him actually playing this year. <laughs> yeah, I would put the odds of him playing at 50-1. to 1, So him, uh, you know, playing more than 20 games at 50-1. to 1, So him leading the league and rebounding at 35-1, to 1, I don't think is a great value. Um, uh, I'm looking on here. Yeah. Uh, do I see Pekovic? I don't see him on there. He's no. not like he doesn't put up enough rebounding numbers. He's... He's one of the uh, he's one of my guys that I just like to yeah, watch play. But, he's um, a good player, but standing next to Love is the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's true. And Love, you know, Love, he's the kind of guy. I guess Howard as well. If he wants them, he can get them. Yep. Rebounds and and he could do. You know, Love's a good twenty. You know, put up twenty a game. You know, frequently. And I don't know. I would at three to two. That's pretty short for Love. But yeah, I like I like Noah. I like Noah twenty five to one. I find that number pretty interesting. Yeah. And, um. Yeah. Cool. All right, brother. Um, well, uh, I look forward to you getting starting another winning streak this week. Um, of course, you can follow him on Twitter, at Fantasource, and uh, we will be back next week with another winner, right? We will. Let me just run through it one more time. Oh, yes. So I got uh, just New Orleans, minus one and a half over Buffalo. Green Bay, plus half a point at Minnesota. And Seattle, minus a half at St. Louis. So you now have a reason to watch three horribly ugly games <laughs> <laughs> Put your money on it. Everything's interesting. Right? <laughs> the NFL loves you, buddy. The there NFL you loves you. All right, man. All right, thanks, Mike. See you around Delco. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. All right, see you. You got to know when to hold up.